And we're back live again. Mike here with Jeff as always. Another hockey podcast. Again, it feels like we're doing these every other week now. We've kind of been a little off schedule with these hockey podcasts. You know, life kind of yeah, does that. Yeah, my bad. Um, well, <laughs> That's um, how life gets you. Yep. So uh, we're back another week. Flyers are still kind of struggling. So uh, we got a good amount to talk about. Um, some league-wide stuff. Uh, Florida lost a big piece earlier a couple <clears throat> days ago. And Aaron Ekblad. Um, we got an yep. extension for a Canucks goaltender. Um, yes. Some last-minute flyers changes before tonight's game against the Buffalo Sabres. And uh, whatever else we kind of come up with, we're kind of, uh, kind of, you know, nothing really too much kind of planned up. Um, no, going if, on, kind of going. If we have enough here. time, we may, because we've talked about it before, of talking about, yeah. about our top five best flyers of all time or top 10. Yes. If yep. time permits, we'll get to that. But first, let's uh, kind of uh, actually hold on. Jeffrey, Stathead. Yep, got it right here. Uh, yesterday's top performers here, uh, Carter Verhage, uh, former Tampa Bay Lightning. He's currently on the Florida Panthers. Two goals, six shots on that, plus two, 20 minutes, 44, 44 seconds of ice time. I'll tell you one thing, Carter Verhage, he's been, been a pretty underrated player to watch the last two years or so. Those who aren't familiar with him, I would highly recommend taking a look at his game I think he's an excellent – right now, you could probably say he's a top nine forward. I don't know if he has the potential to be a top six, but mm-hmm. you never know. Um, I think he's a top nine and, uh, for sure. Uh, throw him anywhere there. Um, top six, you could argue it, but not right now. He's still a very young player. Uh, Artemi Panarin, another three-point performance. Oh, the rookie? Goal to assists. What's up? The rookie, or Artemi Panarin? Yeah, the rookie Artemi Pernarin, the twenty-four-year-old wow. rookie. I know he, he's he's looking he's oof, he's good. Um, Craig Smith had three assists from Boston last night. That's shocking. Um, Elvis from Columbus did not leave the building. He only allowed one goal, uh, thirty-seven saves, thirty-eight shots, point nine seven four save percentage. And Sergey Bobrovsky, our old buddy. Um, in Florida as well, one goal out and a 35 save performance. Um, and there went there. And then Kevin Lankinen for Chicago. This guy's come out of nowhere 0.69 save percentage, 31 saves, 32 shots. Uh, a wildly entertaining game between the New Jersey Devils and the Boston Bruins last night. Bruins come out on top five four in a shootout. Uh, Brian Marchand got his 13th of the season. Matt Grizzlick, Nick Ritchie, and Charlie McAvoy also scored for Boston. Miles Wood, his 11th for New Jersey. Michael McLeod, Travis Ajak, and Kyle Mary all scoring for New Jersey. A low-scoring 2-1 to one, uh, game for Chicago and Carolina with the Blackhawks coming out on top. Alex Frankett, his 19th of the year, was the game winner. Florida dominating Detroit 4-1. to one. As mentioned, Verhage had two goals. Philip Zadina, his fourth of the year, the lone goal for Detroit. Montreal blanking Edmonton. Um, there's also a very controversial moment uh, as Conrad David, the captain of the Oilers, had eclipsed Yasperi Katakanemi, who scored in that game, by the way, uh, up high with an elbow. McDavid was only fined $5,000 today by the Department of Player Safety. Um, 
they have certainly been slipping up uh, lately. And I get it. It's McDavid, but $5,000 for a guy who makes that's, 14 mil in a CBA year, that's reasons. literally... In order to get that higher, it needs to go CBA negotiations. Yeah. Because that's the max they can have them for. I, I think so. it's ridiculous, though. I think they need to write the re, renegotiate the CBA because it's. I agree, but right now. it's the NHL, Jeff. If they have to renegotiate, it may mean we lose another season. This is true. Wow, damn it! Anyway, moving on. Nashville winning again, three to two in overtime. Uh, Tolvanen, his ninth of the year, with a gorgeous backhander for the OT winner. TJ Ishii and Nick Dapp for the Caps. Uh, they're the only ones who scored for them in the 5-2 loss to the Rangers. Capo uh, Kaka, his fifth of the year. Panarin, his ninth. Phil Hedl, <clears throat> Bushnevich, and Adam Fox um, all scoring for the Rangers. Fox had a great, great backhand move. Dude, I'm telling you, Adam Fox, he's been an unbelievable player. He's his name's been getting tossed around for the Norris lately, uh, which is pretty hey, good for him. And I don't think he's there yet, but no. he's more so an offensive defenseman, but he has the potential to be a very talented defensive, def- you know, two-way defenseman, really. There's and, a lot of responsibility um, he has to take on, too, because the Rangers' blue yes. line isn't the best. It, it's awful and a right lot now. of the so blue the line that, is even Jacob Truba is another offensive defenseman, really. So Yes, and they don't have a true defensive defenseman. Yeah. Um, last but not least, Tampa Bay losing to the Columbus Blue Jackets, 3-1. Matthew Joseph, the lone goal is 10th of the year. Excuse me. Oliver Borkstrand, David Savard, and Kim Adelson all scoring for the uh, Blue Jackets. David Savard, his first of the year, who's also number one on TSN's trade bait board. Uh, we'll keep an eye out on there. Uh, he jumped all the way up, so he's, again, now number one. Um, your player assist leaders uh, through, um, you know, after last night, McDavid, no surprise, 42 assists. Patrick Kane, second, 36, followed by Leon Dressel, 35 with third. Mitch Marner, 31, and Anze Kopitar, 29. Your goals against average leaders for um, goalies. The Colorado Avalanches, Philip Grubauer, 1.74. That's very impressive there. 1.99 for Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury, a 2.06 goals against average, 2.19 for Simon Varlama for the Islanders, and last but not least, Connor Hellebuck, 2.57 for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, and that is your stat head of the day. The very, um, he would have uh, turned, let me see here, I don't think, I don't know why it's not shown up there, but um, a couple of birthdays, Jacob Chikrin, uh current uh, player for the Arizona County, he's 23. Uh, also, happy birthday to Pavel Bure, the Russian Rocket Hall of Famer. He turns 50. Gordy Howe also has a birthday today. Um, of course, Gordy passed away um, a couple of years ago, but he would have turned. Let's see here. I don't know how he, old he would have turned today, but. Um, nonetheless, um, you know, very happy birthday to uh, Mr. Hockey there. So, other than that, that was your stat head, and uh, I think it's time to go news around the league here, Mike. Yeah, he yeah, died in got... 2016. Yes, born in 1928. He... Hold on, I'm getting up the calculator. 
93. 93. Yep. Sorry for that. I, I'm off on math and need to pull out the calculator. <laughs> if you listen anyway, to so, the underachievers, you know this already. Exactly. Um, um, so there is very some happy surprises, to though, as we usually yeah. do coming out of Jeff's kind of stat head. We take a little look at the league, um, especially kind of standing wise. At least I do. Um, and it, this is one where I kind of wish we had Pete Weber back on again because Nashville. I know. They're, they it, appear to be the hottest team have right been now. Red hot. Longest winning streak in the league right now. Red hot, six. my friend. And that almost is like a Flyers kind of thing when when you're getting towards the trade deadline, you're like, oh, Ekblad's going to go. You're going to sell off pieces here and there. But now you're getting close to the playoffs. Yeah. What do you do? And of course, the injury bug is still hitting them too. Yeah, well, so uh, I had mentioned to you uh, a little bit earlier, not not that it really seems to matter because, um, you know, for Nashville, they've been dominating, but uh, Philip Forsberg is the latest Nashville Predator among six others who's week-to-week for the Nashville. He joined, he, it's an upper body injury. He joins Matt DeShane, Brad Richardson, defenseman Mark Borowiecki, uh, Ryan Ellis and Lucas Spiza on the sideline there. Yeah. Not, so, but also not, a very not great um, because especially yeah. Duchesne and Ellis in terms of them, but you do get your, I know he was hurt a while ago. And I forgive me, Nashville Vans. I don't remember when Roman USA came back, but he was also dealing with an injury, but he is your most important player to be, to keep healthy. Um, the only reason why I find this interesting, and if they do somehow sneak in, which I still think is a realistic possibility, because right now I think they're just really battling with Chicago and Columbus. And I think since the, their hot start to start the year, I think Chicago's kind of come back to earth, uh, earth a little bit. Uh, they're four, six, and zero in their last ten for Chicago. Uh, Columbus four, three, and three in their last ten. They got thirty-six points, fourteen, fifteen, and eight. Chicago's 17, 15, and 5, 39 points tied with uh, points wise with Nashville, but Nashville has uh, two more wins 19 wins, 17 losses, and one overtime loss. So, so I think they could take it. And if they do, I, I think that would be a very interesting playoff series. Tampa Bay versus Nashville. Right. I still think that Tampa Bay would easily kind of pull them over or kind of destroy them a bit. Um, mm. But once Nashville gets healthy on paper, this is on paper. On paper, they could go on a on nice paper, and run is, there. If you still have Ekblad and all those people, depending on what you do, trade. Ekholm. I thought I said Ekholm, sorry. Um, no. Love it. Uh, I, uh, I but speaking sorry. of Ekblad, really quick before we jump back, Nashville, Ekblad, He's yeah, he's done for the year. Out for the year. Um, broken leg the other night. A very, I got ahead of myself. Very, That's where I was going gr- with next. But yeah. pretty pretty gruesome injury there for Ekblad. Um, you know, best wishes to him, of course. Mm-hmm. He's a hell of a player, one of the best defensemen out there. Wishing him a hell of a year, too. He was realistically he was literally he was yeah, he's the Norris candidate, and uh you know it's it sucks because he, he's been a heart and soul like player for the um Panthers there, and it's it's such a shame to see talented guys just like him uh, go mm-hmm. down with a very unfortunate injury. Someone kind of reminded people on social media saying it's a very similar incident and situation with what happened with Dougie Hamilton about two years ago. Uh, so, uh, of course, just want to wish him best of luck. 
now back to Mike um, uh, talking about the Nashville Predators with Mateus Ekholm. Well, I guess we're talking and about, some of the other. Uh, I guess we're talking about there. the Central too, because that would be also an interesting series. Granted, with no Ekblad, I think Florida would still get in. I think they might fall off a bit without Ekblad because he's such. Yeah, that's that's a very big loss. Blue line. Um, but if this is how the, their standing sets up, I think it might flip. Carolina goes above Florida. But mm-hmm. I think these are some fun potential matchups yeah. between these four teams. Um, and the reason why I find Nashville and Tampa Bay so interesting to me is because for me, two of the top five defensemen would go head-to-head. Victor Hedman, Roman Yossi. That would yes, be fun to see. extremely. That would be a very fun and matchup. If you add and also Ryan Ellis and Ekholm, if he's still there by then. Same thing with Arvidsson. Arvidsson, really, just, and also think about it, you got Philip Forsberg, uh, who's mm-hmm. one of the better uh, forwards out there. Uh, Johansson, realistic. Um, oh, I know you're not the biggest fan of, but I'm yeah. not. But I feel like people kind of overestimated him before he got to Nashville. So I think there there was a lot I, of I, higher expectations was, for him. Well, there was because, he, remember, he was a third overall pick at that one too. point. So um, that, that is a huge amount of expectations. Now, I think ever since going from Columbus to Nashville, his game has been incredible. And he really shined under head coach Peter Laviolette when he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, now he's got John Hines who – Say what you will about him. Yeah. I don't know if he's the right kind of coach for him specifically. Where I agree. Where uh, Johansson, he's you know he's definitely a two way guy. But for Hines, I, I still can't figure out his system really. Where you know, of course, Laviolette it was attack, 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 and really yeah. So, so I don't I don't know what to think of John Hines' system. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if Nashville came in. It also wouldn't surprise me if Nashville kind of falls out again because while they have those yeah. pieces still outside of those three defensemen I mentioned, goaltenders still iffy. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I assume they'd protect Rene. I forget who. What? Uh, they would most what, likely protect uh, Well. I don't know. And it's a uh, UC Soros is their technically yeah. their starter. They yeah, keep right going back and forth between. Yeah. Um, well, so for Soros, he's a very good goal. I think if, if he is unprotected, it would get, it wouldn't make the Seattle crack and get and give them an extremely tough choice because, no, but I, I understand why you'd want to keep Pecorino there for what's his face that they just drafted. Ask her off. Yeah, ask her off. Yeah. Um, Assuming I, so, he's still on the team by the time he gets up. This That's is true. Another now, I, when we when we did talk with Pete, I believe he was mentioning that uh, Nashville would probably want to hang on to him another year or two. Yeah. Um, you know, some, something like that, nothing too bad, but kind of very similar to what Brian Elliott is to Carter Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, so... We'll keep an eye out, you know, obviously the as things go on, but yeah. uh but and that's the other thing with the, with the issue with the, the whole deadline coming up is you gotta worry about the expansion draft. It's, yeah. The Seattle really screws teams over this year. I mean this that season's already a headache on its own 
condensed right. it's, so cap reason here's, here's COVID, my question for you i do want to bring this up really quickly yeah. because of the expansion draft now this is what the fourth maybe fifth season for vegas right they came in 2018 i think or 27 yeah 2018 right 2017 2018 was yeah. their first year so this is their fourth year yes yeah, at least mm-hmm. i don't I, I think, you know, I, to me, I think I kind of understand why they're exempt from this expansion draft, but they're four years in. They're very well established by now, especially with how they've been doing. The whole, they made the playoffs every year so far, and they're not going to miss the playoffs for quite some time, honestly, and they went to the cup oh. final in their first year. that they are exempt because it'd be interesting to see how they do that goalies. What, the, what goalies lines would be player-wise, but my thing is, why Actually, I get it. You want to make sure that Vegas is is um, very established, and you know. But I, I don't. No one could have predicted this incredible yeah. juggernaut of a team this early on. But I think it's it's a little unfair that they uh, they're exempt from the expansion draft. Yeah, I could see that, but it would be really interesting because I believe Flurry still has a no trade clause. Yeah. I assume they would have to protect him. They would have to, or they would have to make another move like Pittsburgh did with Flurry to have him go to Seattle because this I think is, they would. That they at least more recently, I think they like Leonard more. It certainly seems that way. Not that it hasn't hurt them at all because they are in. They are first in the West. Not surprising. Nope. Well, surprising to some because everyone assumed Colorado was just going to destroy because they were Colorado. Now I, I get that expectation. I, I love Colorado. I, but they certainly still have some holes. Um, I think that they need to get rid of yeah. Kadri. I never understood that trade between for, for well, uh, if you listen Tyson to Pierre, Barry. And, if you listen to Pierre, he is very key to what Colorado does. He's a very good key player, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he's he's so key at getting his mm-hmm. his uh himself into the box. Yes. Love it, Regis. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um Don't ask. But interestingly, on the last ten games, Vegas eight two and oh, Colorado eight oh and two. That's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be a real path. Hey, don't it, forget about Minnesota. They were seven two and one in the last ten there. Four points behind the Avalanche. They're mm-hmm. becoming a good team themselves. They're, at home. they're, they're better just, at home 13-3. Away, they're 8-7-2. Not that good. But Kirill Kaprizov, that, he's, he's been good for them. I think that fourth spot might come down to the end of the season. Because everyone oh, yeah. outside of the top three has really not been great lose. in the last 10. The yeah. best team has, I guess, been Arizona with 4-4-2 four, four in the last yeah. 10. That's not great, but compared to the other teams there, mm-hmm. and they're only a point behind St. Louis. Sorry, I'm 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 looking at the standings. Buffalo is seventeen points. Yeah, yeah. Oof. They have six wins. That's and they that's made their first. They made their first move. You know, the whole reason why they brought Eric Stahl in was to try to make Eichel happy to try to actually maybe be somewhat of a playoff team. Um. And he was trained. oh, and he gone. Yeah, they only gave up a third and a fifth, or sorry, they got a third and fifth or something like that for, um, 
uh, to Montreal, actually. Yep. Which he is a little retained, surprising. He was also, the, they also retained some of his salary as well. Yes. Um, there were rumors that he was going to make a return, possibly to Carolina. I possibly, I, I honestly would have preferred that and would have loved that much more. Yeah, um, and play with his brother. Yeah. Um, he and I even said this to you. Not that I would brother really, sucks. not that I would really want him, but mm-hmm. saying third center wise, given Patrick's kind of struggling or whatever, I wouldn't have minded bringing him in. Because I felt you would have had a very solid top three centers. Coots, oh, absolutely. Hazy, Eric Stahl. And even once... If and you, that would have been pretty damn good. Uh, yeah. And even if he was, yeah. would have complained being a third line center, even though I think he probably feels like he's a second line center at this point, he would still be playing mm-hmm. with top six level guys I could make the argument for on his line. Mm-hmm. So it's not a, it wouldn't have been a horrible situation, but... It was a name I was kind of interested in. Uh, yeah. But yeah, now it's, we'll see what Buffalo does. The first trade is done. Everyone else, we'll see what happens. Eichel will probably be done during the offseason, if I had to guess. Most Stahl, likely. Um, I'm Stahl, sorry. Hall. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what to do with him. I'm assuming he'll be traded again. At the, and just so we all know. Most likely just so we all know. Hall. Decided to go to Buffalo. He wasn't traded there like every other team he was gone to. That hasn't been good. He signed there for one year. He chose this. Yes. He chose his own fate. So it's by the end of the day, you can't really. They understood feel bad his mindset because- at the beginning of it because he had Eichel and maybe Skinner, but for some reason, Skinner until recently wasn't playing in the top six. So here's. <laughs> So he thought Here's my was- thing. Even with, even with these guys, do you really expect Buffalo to succeed like that? They weren't going to know. Exactly. So why also, sign in Buffalo Taylor Hall? Why? I think he was just thinking he could get a lot of points playing with Eichel. Yeah. Uh, Hall, by the way, reminder, <laughs> he only has 18 points this year. Yeah. Two of them. Two are goals. Just make sure you see that number. I did. Newsflash, that's not good. No. Uh, so Eichel's hurt, so he's got no one. They yeah. just tried to waste Oof. stall. Who's centering? Oof. <laughs> like, no offense to Buffalo, but um, Buffalo fans, more or less, but, I mean, just to be a Buffalo fan right yep. now, it's got to be brutal. I know we're suffering with the Flyers right now with their little skid they've had in the mar- month of March, but... Pff, uh, the only thing we can say is at least, at least we're not Sabres fans. And realistically, at least who were above have, 20 points. The Flyers have 38 to be exact. So they're only three behind Boston. They have a huge dilemma too, because they, ha- if they're trading off pieces, even Eichel, they have to pull at Ottawa. Even though we give Ottawa a lot of crap because their ownership and general manager isn't the best. They did do a great job in terms of trades. Oh, they did a phenomenal and job. Getting draft picks. They, they, uh, I'm needs, shocked. Buffalo needs to do that, especially if you trade Eichel. You I'm shocked sure that um, Eugene, Eugene Melnick or whatever his name is, I'm shocked he was able to pull off these amazing trades in free agent signings mm-hmm. because the guy's a 
class class a moron like he, he's not a gm he doesn't understand hockey and he doesn't un- no it's but the fact that he was able to pull all this off it shocks me to the and i think that will the end the world and time. more and we were talking about this if i know you were thinking darling to the flyers but if Darlene I was would joking be the, when oh, I oh I know said you were that. joking, but you gotta keep at least one person that at least gets someone in the room and starts somewhat of a rebuild. I don't think many people know who Middlestad is yet or Dylan Cousins is yet. Well, they're gonna have to know who Middlestad is because he has no choice now with Eric Stoggle. Yeah. He's gonna have to be a top six center. And he right doesn't have now, a choice. If all these people leave, if Hall goes, Eichel goes, he's gone. He'll be gone. Their biggest name is Reinhardt and Akposo. And Akposo and really isn't even a true player anymore because of all of his freaking injuries. Exactly. Because the numb school doesn't have any brains left in his head because they're all bashed with the bad hits and fights and everything during his career. So mm-hmm. he needs to call it quits while he's at it. Yeah. Buffalo. Buffalo. We almost you lost one too. Don't remind me. Yeah, they really don't have much. I, I think they've been trying to wave Ristolainen for a while, but no one ever wants him because it's Ristolainen. Here's the um, thing, though: Why do people actually want Ristolainen? Because he's a big body defenseman on the blue line. He throws big hits, but he gets in the box way too much. That's not worth it to me. Mm-hmm. And realistically, you could have it. made the argument, even though the Flyers did not score on it, he had a they killed off both penalties in the third period. But late in that game, the Flyers were in the middle of their comeback. He took a dumb penalty to cross check to uh for the to Vorchek. The Flyers didn't capitalize exactly. because, you know, Flyers power play isn't great. But <laughs> point taken. Versailles takes the worst penalties I've seen in Mm-hmm. Especially, I, I get it in the sense that he's a big body. I get why people are interested because he's a big body and he's a right D. Right Ds are very valuable. That I agree with, but that's the only part about Rasmus Ristolainen that I would be interested in: the fact that he's a right defenseman, mm-hmm. right hand shot. Yeah, and I feel like because people that focus on plus minus, people are going to assume Dalian is Move that kind of. Move on. Okay. Move on. Anyway, Darlene's better than Rissalainen. Rissalainen sucks. Mm-hmm. Move on, people. Get out of here with that crap. But earlier today, Vancouver made a signing or extension. Sorry, This one I loved. With Thatcher Demko, which Jeff is very high on. Thatcher. I love Thatcher Demko. Takes, He's a man. It'll take place or start in uh, the 2021-22 season. Five years. Five, five years. Mil. Five mil AEV. Five, five by five. 25 mil total. That got us thinking. This is very interesting with what happens with Seattle now. Going back to the expansion draft topic. Because remember, <laughs> they signed a guy by the name of Brandon Holby. Ever he heard of really- him? They haven't. He hasn't really panned out for them. But he hasn't, though, which is a little surprising. But he signed a two or three year deal. Um, he'll clearly get unprotected. Yeah, he's, However, he's, he's he brought until, a great point. Yeah, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. So to next year, Seattle could completely screw over Vancouver 
if they don't take Holpi, and I'll just leave, depending on who they take, of course, but that, that would leave the uh, Canucks in a rather serious for situation. Next, yeah, just for next season, because you would spent you would have nine point three million dollars wrapped up in your two goaltenders, who are both starters. Yeah. Realistically, it's not that bad because you can look at Vegas too, because Vegas kind of has that same issue. True, true. Because they have actually 12 million this year and next year combined with their goaltenders. Oh. But their goaltenders are really, really good. So it makes sense. Yeah. So unless Hopi turns it around, now, I was only saying that just because, not that I don't think Seattle would take Hopi. But I think there are some other decent, if they don't do that, I think there's other decent to good goaltenders out there that could be available to them when it comes to the expansion. Yeah. You're not wrong. No, I am not. Um, anyways, let's get it done and over with, Jeff. Let's talk let's about her. Get it done. Let's talk about her team. All right. This team, the Phillies, the who start tomorrow? tomorrow? Yeah. Who, Jeff? Sorry, I had to bring down your buzz a little bit. Um, your favorite pitcher in the bullpen is their closer. I saw. Yeah. I saw. Hector Neris effing sucks. He blows leads like I eat dessert. I can eat all day. Get the frick out of here, Hector Neris. You're god-awful. I freaking like hate you, dude. You suck at baseball. I like your example. <laughs> that was the best thing I could come up with. I know, but I like how we had to say that and then had to clarify, I eat a lot of, my, I eat a lot of desserts. <laughs> Literally, I couldn't come up with anything better. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it, though. I did enjoy that. Anyway, um, Harris, or Hector Harris sucks. He blows leads God, like uh, the NHL misses uh, giving out good suspensions. Ah, there you go. That, that, I see. See, now you're talking my language. Yes. All, All right, right, moving on. Going Let's back go. to our team, and last week we spent a lot, or maybe the week before, whenever we were last on, we did a whole podcast on the struggling flyers. So they're still pretty much struggling. They've actually. Scratch out a couple wins here and there, but still, you know, doing it as hard as possible. So yesterday, news broke that the Flyers waived Shangos Despair, which yeah. threw a lot of people around, surprising everyone. Why Ghost? Why or all this? Like what's happening? Uh, and all this, and. He cleared, so nobody claimed him. Mainly because probably his contract, and if he did have to yes. claim him, he would have to do another two years with him on top of this year. So, um, yeah, and it's what like four point eight mil for a year, four point five, which I still so don't think is that bad. Realistically, it's speaking. not as bad as people think it is. It's only bad the in the reason- sense of right now because of the the lot of people are on a cap crunch and COVID and all that. That's the only reason why right now that, the contract but- is. Also, because his play is not 
it's not been amazing, but it hasn't been terrible. Yeah, I know he hasn't yeah. been the same for a couple of years, but I mean, this year he's looked the best he's been in, in again a couple yeah, of years. So, and realistically, the ghost all, all the, the ghost yeah. stuff started before the season even started because I think right as training camp opened up or whatever, sometime around then, he had a sit down yes. with AV pretty much going over yep. like yep. he I didn't really like his either his ice time or all this is the amount of times he's playing which makes sense because realistically during the fly- flyers playoff run he didn't really play at all so he may have been in one game that whole time if, if if any of that i don't even know yeah so i i understand that so he and av had a talk and i start it looked like he was going to be the top guy with Proveroff, or maybe it was going to be Myers. Yeah. Um, but then, like a week before the season started, he unfortunately tested positive for COVID. And mm-hmm. then he was gone for like the first two weeks. Came back. He started off a little slow. And then when he first started getting it going, at least offensively, they benched him. Yeah. Quote, not really a quote, but because. They didn't. They thought his defensive abilities could use a little working. Cost to spare, and you know, the Flyers are the defensemen that are already struggling. <laughs> uh, which I think that kind of maybe not necessarily hurt his confidence, but I think that really kind of ticked it a bit. A little bit. Since he came back, he hadn't really. He's had moments here and there. I know he had. He had the shot on. Against the Rangers, uh, Noel Patrick's goal on the power play. He had the shot that's yes. uh, got the tip in on that one. Tied up the game, yes. Yeah. So I like think he's, he's looked not... pretty good lately. Oh, um, I do too, but it's like I don't think he's as good as he was before he got that bench. No, that that and I agree I with. Him. This this is also... he said he, this is the best he's he's felt in quite some yeah, time. And which I think is it shows. To hear. I think it shows. Oh, yeah, he still has it's... maybe some lapses in the defensive area, but. Yeah. You kind of knew that going in. Yeah, you would like it his defensive abilities to go up a little more or better a little around there. Right. Everyone defensively should actually be playing a little bit better. But he's an offensive defenseman. So you know that going in that he may be a little bit of a liability in the defensive end. But he's a, he's more so yeah. going to help you out. He's basically an extra forward the out there. the reason why I don't think well. it really completely went in because I've – not, and it seems like I was right on the whole Eric Gustafson signing, uh, and not being the biggest fan of it because to me, my thought it was that this guy was going to be someone who was going to be the replacement of Ghost, someone who could be his offensive ability, but maybe be a little bit better defensively. So far, it hasn't. Now I'm not going to lie; I'll be the first. He's one had. His... I was dead wrong about Gus. Yeah. But again, he's pretty Dead good. Uh, he's pretty good offensively as a defenseman. Yeah. He's got a lot of shaky moments turning a puck over. Granted, so does Ghost. I think Ghost is a better defenseman, if I'm being honest yeah. here. But that was my fear going in with Gustafson. He also, he also that, does have the speed that yeah. that helps him compared to Gustafson. Yeah. But that was just my fear with bringing Gustafson in. I, I just felt like he was maybe the potential uh, replacement for. Ghost. Yeah. Well, my my issue is, it my 
my issue is, is the fact that it took the Flyers so, I think, oh, yeah. a week into the free agency, the fact that they did anything it was signing Gustafson. I didn't have a problem with signing Gustafson. In fact, I was rather excited. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I knew he wasn't an amazing defenseman, but for one of the better defensemen left on the market, I was pretty excited because I, you know, I had followed his career since he signed with the uh, Chicago Blackhawks early on and, and, you know, just, uh, you know, he, he did rather well there. And when he went to Calgary, not great, not terrible, but um, Hey, you know, he, he did some work and I was excited, but right now, it's pr- it's pretty much like this experiment is over. Uh, the the Flyers will get cap relief at the end of the year, saving them what like three mm-hmm. to five mil. Um, Maybe see if they can try to get something for him. That's my other thought. Maybe they can dump him at the deadline, if not the um, the draft. And let's not um, forget, Robert Hague's hurt right now. I keep forgetting about that. That's why Hank hasn't been in the lineup for a while. It's because he's been hurt. He's on the IR right now with Morgan Frost. Morgan Frost is, even though I think there was a little bit of an update on him and that he may, very may, at the end of the season, or if we hit the playoffs, he could come back, according to Chuck. But I'm a little doubtful on that one. I hope, I'd like to see Frost back, but I don't see it. But um, this really sucks. The the one year where the Flyers could really use him, he's out for the year. Yeah, pisses me off because this kid has working has been working his ass off the entire last couple of years to make this team, and then when he finally does, he gets hurt for the entire year, not just part or half, the entire year, and it really sucks. I can tell you one person who can relate: Sam Warren. Yeah, and he actually, Big which makes Warren. sense. Because it was a very surprise to everyone, and believe it or not, it didn't work. Uh, putting Sam Warren at wing, yeah, because they he's now back of, on defense for good, by the way. Yes, but the only thing because he was going to be like a Matt Morton type of person that could maybe hit people and maybe do well at least forechecking wise, never panned out. Because even he said to himself, he felt lost. He didn't really know what to do. Gee, I wonder why. Yes, because he's a defenseman. And since he went back down to the Phantoms, since that whole thing didn't work out, the thing that's really helped him kind of be a little better defensively is simplifying his game, which so far, since coming back up to the Flyers, it's worked out pretty well for him. He hasn't looked great. At time. He hasn't looked great, but he hasn't looked terrible. And the Rangers game, it's probably was his best game since being caught up, and he got his first goal. So you got to be proud for him. Got to be happy for Sam Warren. So, also, yeah. let's not forget, um, we play Boston after Buffalo, and I would really oh, like wow. Sam. I would really like uh, Warren in that lineup. He better be. He is. I mean, that he seems to be the not a set guy, but they the coaching staff and Chuck seem to be like what Warren's providing. So. Yeah. While he's going to come up and down the taxi squad, just cap purposes, he's just going to be. Yeah. I think at the moment he is your a third pair defenseman right now for the Flyers. Yeah, the other side is where the question mark comes. Hopefully, it means no more Prosser because that failed miserably. 
Yeah, I just don't know with this team anymore. Oh, yeah. But anyways, back to what I was saying with Ghost. Um, so it turns out today after he cleared that both Noah Patrick and Oscar Lindblom are going to be uh, out of healthy tight. scratches. Yes, which realistically isn't that much of a surprise because they yeah. shortened the bench in the third period against Buffalo. And not, neither Patrick, Lindblom, or Farabee played that third period. Even near the end of the third period, I think Moore may mention too a little bit. Um, yeah, the one thing, so at first I, I was a little obviously confused, but I, I hate it. Now it's the more I'm really sitting back, I'm like, you know what? Okay, that makes, makes sense. sense. One thing that it, helped me understand see, it more was Bill Meltzer's tweet. Uh, he put it best, uh, specifically about Lindblom. He said, Lindblom, this bears repeating again, he had six months yes. of chemo and ribs surgically removed. Six months later, he had a very short training camp and no preseason. His energy dips and surges this season. Really should not have been a surprise. Next season, he'll be fine. Yeah, so you know what? For Oscar, that makes sense. Give him rest where he can. My apologies for having that minor freak out. For I'm like, come on, yeah. E.B., what you but, doing? For Patrick, yeah. though, um, it. it would be good to give him a little reset. He's yeah. been... He's been playing yeah. a little better lately. He has. I uh, want to... I, I, I don't think it would hurt. I don't think it would hurt. Something. I don't think he's really had... Too, too much of a break, Patrick. No, he hasn't. So I think, and again, this is the first time he's been playing hockey in about a year in a quarter, year and a half, two years almost. So, yeah. And the month of March was very busy for the Flyers in terms of extremely schedule and just games in general. And this week seems to be no offense to the Sabres. But the week we're going to rest people because reset. Hearts getting the whole week off to reset. Yeah, which uh, is much needed. Yeah. Um, by, by the way, I, I need to say this about Carter Hart real quickly. <laughs> Surprised you said that because I know I you're did. not a fan. <laughs> um, I don't know if you saw the article on Twitter and a little bit of an uproar between about the article between uh, how Hart and his Apparently, his longtime sports oh, psychologist yeah, split ways. Uh, the article from Sam Garcetti. I, I don't. I. It's I, not anyone's really concern there. But. Well, the, the, that's the thing, and it, it kind of disappoints me um, that Garcetti would even write an article about it. Not only that, he shared, he retweeted the post like three or four times. Yeah. The, the actual article. I, I get it. You're trying to get, you know, get people to read your article and everything like that, um, and you know, get support for the Enquirer and whatnot, but. When it specifically even mentions in the article that the sports psychologist who he went out of his way to text and he said, oh, over text, he did out of respect for Carter. He didn't want to reveal information. Why are you even texting the yeah. psycho- sports psychologist about it? that? That's there's a, a, a fine line between doing your job and crossing line. I think Sam unfortunately crossed that yes, line and. Big time, and he shouldn't even have texted the guy in the first place. But I, I, I get no matter are, what, it's between I, it's between Hart and his psych, sports psychologist. That's what we got to leave it no. at. And if they split ways, they split ways. If they didn't, they didn't. Just move on, and just yeah, just move on. I get literally, it. And the, I don't understand doing that at all because. 
personally, if you're doing psychology or seeing a psychologist or anything like that, a therapist, uh, all that should just be your personal thing. It shouldn't really be out in public yes. or, you know, some hack. Well, so, some, well, so like, I feel like uh, I'll put it this way. I, the reason why it's probably out in public for most people, like Braden Holby, I believe in Carter Hart, especially I'll, I'll put it this way. Let's say, especially in Philadelphia, let's say if, if Hart had, you know, had all this hush hushed and everything in some way, somehow uh, some random person found out that Carter Hart and the Flyers, you know, Lord and Savior in net now, the, ne- the next greatest thing since Ron Hextall in net for the Philadelphia Flyers. He is a sports psychologist. People are going to be in uproar saying, oh, great. I know Goalie, they're crazy. And out there, he's really crazy. So for this see, kind of situation. I don't know why that's – like I understand people, whenever you see someone doing a therapist or whatever, they think, oh, this guy's crazy or whatever. But I don't think that's really necessarily like a crazy thing for – Thank you. For Thank you. I've been trying to see this for over specifically a year this, now. And especially this year, Who the year we've been in. gives a flying whatever if a goaltender, mind you, a 23-year-old, has a sports psychologist? There's nothing wrong I'm with I'm enjoying that. you in this podcast today. I can tell. I'm really liking your – I like your kind of making sure you don't curse there. Flying whatever. Yes. But you get my point, though. You Freaking cares what you what other people think or what their opinion is. God forbid it. Yeah. Oh no, Carter has Carter Hart is a sports psychologist. Who gives a damn? Leave the kid alone. He's twenty three years old. It doesn't He's matter. Twenty three playing in a big city market, getting hounded in the by National Hockey League. Yes, with the most diehard and passionate fans. With at you, times you probably see an annoying fans and annoying. At times, media that will, <laughs> at times very annoying. Yes, that will constantly get at you if you're not playing well. So him having psych- a sports psychologist or at psycholo- Mike Selsky, the weasel, right, <laughs> uh, is not really a surprise to me. But also, yeah. I get it in the sense that you're trying to figure out. Well, there has to be some reason it's, why Carter Hart is doing well this year. How about the fact that he's 23 and people watch film? This is and his learn. second full season. Yeah, people Mind saw you. him play in the playoffs. They see what his weaknesses are. So yes. when you go scouting wise, you're like, okay, Carter Hart, not great either post to post at times or even glove. So try to aim high on him. Or Basically, one of his bigger weaknesses is playing the puck too often. Yes. So try to gain the, making him come out of the net. So yeah. these teams have been doing that, and it's been effective against them. It's something similar yeah, to Jeremy Bennington was dealing with last year. It's a, it's not just that; it's also the fact that they realize this, but it's then up to the goalie Carter Hart, in the sense, to then come back and get back into his old routine to fix these problems. Yes. Now the other thing I will say, I'll, I'll throw in a couple, a name or two out there. Um. Carey Price, one of the best goalies in the league currently still. Uh, he struggled greatly during the beginning of his career. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist, I think, struggled at times. Tim Thomas. Tim Thomas, especially. You know, There's all these good to great goaltenders that are out there that, mind you, uh, just so like nobody... a pitcher in baseball, a goalie takes the longest time to properly develop. 
I get it why does. Ron Hextall wanted to let him develop first in the minors. I get that. I respect the decision. Now, maybe he was in the minors a little too long. Yes, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he wasn't in the minors long enough. Who knows? We'll never know. But, I mean, he's obviously he's, he can play at a consistent NHL level. Look what he did last year. He helped lead the Flyers to a first-round playoff win for series win for the first time since 2012. Youngest goal 2012 as well. Nine years. Also, why do you want another Bobrovsky situation, anyways? For people that say the trade off, because you literally just had this. You had another such a potential thing years ago, about like 2011, when you had Bobrovsky on the Flyers organization, but because you wanted Brzezgalov and everything, you traded him away. Well, I think that was also yeah, so. I, I know, I know. Bob was. It's a different situation, the, but it was another si- situation where you could have had a pretty good goalie that could have yes. helped you, but you traded him away. No. Yes, and, and for next to nothing, by the way. Yeah, got a couple picks. He did get Scuba Steve in there. Scuba Steve Mason, <laughs> who realistically, Actually, uh, realistically, no, I don't he, believe. No, not in that trade. trade. It wasn't in that trade, but I'm saying shortly after you got. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. And he actually played pretty well for the Flyers. And there are struggles and everything. He is actually, it's surprising, but he is near the top, I think, third and all times wins for a goaltender mm-hmm. in Flyers history. Now, a lot of it is because, unfortunately, the Flyers haven't had a lot of long term goalies. And also, just knowing with fan bases and everything is that if you don't win a Stanley Cup or go that far, people just want to cast you out. Whatever sport it is, if you don't win it at a certain time, if you're not an ace or if you're not bringing your team to a playoffs, you're a bust and we want you out of there. Yeah. Which, Jeff, um, for the record, the Flyers up. got a second and two fourth round picks for Bobrovsky. The yeah. second and one of the fourth was in the 2012 draft. And the fourth round pick was in 2013. Draft. Also, not to not to knock on Hart or Elliott for that matter, but the Flyers do have some pretty good goaltending prospects as well, so they're going to have a pretty good goaltending duo. Yeah, I thought it was going to um, be Sandstrom. Out of curiosity, now I'm looking at it. Now. The second round pick that looks like they used was to get Anthony Solars, who's now gone. He scored a goal and a fourth round pick was either Taylor Lear or Frederick Larson, both who are now gone. And a fourth-round pick, they didn't even use it in 2013. It looks like they got rid of it. So you essentially got absolutely jack for Sergei Bobrovsky, who went on to win two business, by the way. Yes. Who probably could have helped you. He could have helped you maybe not. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but he may have helped you get to a playoff or maybe win a playoff round. He, he would have gotten us Whoa, past the Rangers actually, in 2014. Sorry. He Maybe. would have gotten us past the Capitals in 2016. Maybe. It depends what Bobrovsky was showing up. It was, it was the playoff Bobrovsky. It's very shaky. <laughs> Fair enough. You never know. But, but either way, you don't, wait, no. you're not going to give up a Carter Hart. He's 22. Just, he'll find his game yeah. again. He just This season, it's just... This season yeah, to just, me is just already because a goalie is struggling early on when he shows glimpses of greatness. You don't give up on a mm-hmm. kid like that. 
teams have made several mistakes before like that in the past. And the Flyers, again, with Bobrovsky, did that exactly. Now, obviously, he's not the perfect goalie now, but he won two business. He clearly is doing something right. Yes. Um, now, that being said, like I mentioned earlier, goalies, just like pitchers in baseball, they take the longest to properly develop in their uh, respective sport. Mm-hmm. Not sure why it takes time, it takes patience, it takes th- th- there's a lot of moving I pieces. It. I get it with the mechanics sense. and more for in the baseball sense. You're going from whether you uh, it's really lucky, but you come out of high school, you're a good pitcher, then you have to play against collegiate kids. All right, maybe you take a little dip, but you're still pretty good. And then once you've done that, you're playing minor league baseball, so you're starting a single leg. You're starting in double A, then triple A. Every time you get up, it gets a little bit harder. Yeah. So when you get to the majors, it's completely different than when you were first starting out. So you need to start getting, if you're throwing, say, 90, 92, or maybe starting in high school, I don't know. What's a good fastball when in high school or like mid 80s? You could argue 90. You could argue 90. So let's say you're still throwing that 90 in the majors. A lot of people are going to knock that out. You need to make sure you're still building up. You need to build up that fastball. You need to build up your mechanics, you need, not just that fastball, to make sure you're... Not only in. that, but you need to build up uh, like the strength and, and mm-hmm. you need to make sure you're properly taking care of your arm. If you know, there, There's uh, one or two guys who we went to high school. Well, we went to the same high school, as I, as you say, and and, you know, the one guy specifically, he was a phenomenal high school player. Uh, he went to University of Pitt, and he his arm got blown out, and he's not even pitching anymore. And he also had, like, mm-hmm. granted, he also had, like, another serious injury, which really screwed his career over. But he's not even playing baseball anymore because, yeah. one, partially because he blew out his arm, but two, other unfortunate injury. But regardless, though um, – you know, like you got to take care of your arm. You got to do, you, and, and it honestly goes down to the little things too, just like taking care of your own body during that whole thing. Like, same thing with goalies. The most common, besides, you know, arm injuries, obviously for pitchers, but um, you know, groin injuries for goalies. I cannot tell you how many times pulled you've seen leg. over the years. Pull, you know, pulled leg, pulled groin, pulled whatever, uh, hamstring. You got to take care of the lower body to really Not make to sure you're if in you ever get ran, shape. run into potential concussions. Yeah, I that's do. unfortunately why Jonathan Quick is the same goalie as he used to be. Injuries kind of hurt him. But similar to that, going back to hockey and to the baseball, he went on a baseball tangent there. Yes, but that's the same same way for pitchers. But same with goalies. So when you're playing pee wee, oh, you're pretty good, but kids aren't that great. Then you go into juniors, call collegiate, whatever you're playing in. Uh, or whatever amateur or kind of league you're in. But as you still develop, you're still kind of maybe getting your timing right, but it's not just quite there yet. But then mm. when you hit the professional league, you go to the American Hockey League or KHL or SHL, whatever you're playing in a professional hockey league, the talent does get a little bit better. So because of that, you do have to you know, work on your timing. You have to work on your post to post and all this. So making sure your fun, your mechanics and everything are still good. You have to make sure it's still going until you become yes. the goal you are. And even guys like Hellebuck 
or Vasilevsky or even um, John Gibson, they're still in a way, even though they're already developed and already great goalies, those they're, they're still learning. They're still yes. perfecting their... Which, as hard as it seems to be, that's the case. They're learning still. And, and similar to I, a pitcher I, it's, where it's, if they don't have enough pitches or they're a little off one night, if your timing's a little off, like your glove hand's a little off, that could make it a win or loss. So it's the very smallest your parts of your mechanics make the biggest difference. Yeah. And, and, and also same thing with, with the mind games and kind of going back to that psychology part of it is goalies. You know, we all seen some nutcases for goalies from a check demonic for the flyers years ago was a nutcase. He was as bad as birds. It's not almost as worse. Patrick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's him. And then, you know, pitching wise, you, you know, pitchers are different animals out there themselves because the yep. confidence is yeah. so, it's very hit or miss. If you hit four home runs in an inning off of the pitcher, mm-hmm. the confidence is going to be shattered throughout like the next three innings until they get a couple strikeouts or a couple consistent outs without giving up a hit or a couple walks kind of thing. And you might see more walks kind of thing. Now it's completely goalie. different, but you also have to, yeah. not that it's a huge factor, but you do have to factor in like weather. Like if it's a really like mid July, late July, early August day, really hot. And say like Arizona, you're not going to want to play. You're going to actually, they do have a dome that, that does close. But, but regardless, regardless, anywhere where it's, blistering yeah. hot out and you're staying on the ma- the mound for as long as you can be. Trust me, I've been there and done that. And in the horrible dog days of mm-hmm. summer where you're sitting on the, standing on the mound and no. you know, after, you know, it, it's not fun. No hockey. is not, not the fun. same, but you do have uh, afternoon yeah. versus night where it's still a different animal yeah. where whatever your pregame rituals are, they're done a little earlier. So yes, if it's not the same, you're a little off or it takes you a little more time to get into that game. That's why there's, yeah. if you have a one o'clock to like three o'clock game, let's say, or like just time-wise, um, those first 10 minutes are very crucial and just how they prepare and where you go yes. from there. If you can survive the first 10 minutes, you're pretty solid. If it's still zero, zero, even, depending on what your team you- is doing at that time, it realistically is a win in your sense, especially if you're coming back yes. off of back to back. Yes, that's huge. Um, real quick, uh, let's get slowly but surely start getting ready to wrap up. Uh, a couple more things I forgot to mention at the top of the podcast. A uh, bunch of college signings. Uh, Matt Boldy signed his entry level contract with the Minnesota Wild. That's uh, he was a sophomore at Boston College. Effectively, White. immediately he's Quite going to report to the Iowa there, Wild Jeff, by Minnesota. <laughs> what a guy. Um, I may not make a lot have... of dad quotes, Jeffrey, but I do make dad jokes. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you have Alex Newhook signing with the Colorado Avalanche, his entry level contract. And of course, last but not least, prize first round pick, 13th overall 2019 draft, Spencer Knight, the Florida Panthers goalie prospect. Um, he signed his entry-level contract earlier today as well. So three also, big names also in college all the signed their contracts. Michigan season's over, so hopefully soon Cam York. Yep, hopefully his. sooner rather than later. 
mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But with that, the Flyers are playing again tonight in Buffalo. Why not? We haven't oh, done awesome. it in a while. Hold on. Yeah. One last thing, because we're talking collegiate. Go for it. That five overtime yes. game. Oh my god, that was absurd. Mm-hmm. That was that was something else. Now yeah, I haven't watched I, any of the Frozen Four, which I'm really upset with myself. But Jeffrey. I know, I know. It's not just the game itself, it but did you see the moment at the end of that game? Um, I think it was the team that lost or the one or whatever. Their goalie was kind of skating around, like they celebrated and everything, and then he went over because when they scored, yeah. their goalie was kind of just like sad and everything just sitting there like should I just let that puck in and then he was like it's all good but yeah. that was a great game but yeah unfortunate but this and, was and, uh, that's, and yeah. that's something I absolutely love from from goalies um or you just know, when, if you're in that game you another. knew that no matter who was going to win that was going to be a special or a, a really absolutely hard pill to swallow one that went through so when that sportsmanship Absolutely. does go through, that is huge, especially when you're pretty much down in your dumps at that point, when you're the goalie, when you let that in. But, yeah. you know, anyways, but yes, sorry, I just wanted to get off there in a little uh, bit. But you're yes, good. let's do a little uh, But it was UMD this. topping North Dakota uh, mm-hmm. in the five overtime thriller, which is incredible. Uh, real quick, one last thought. Um the Tampa Bay Lightning, New York Anders, and I'm Ducks and Minnesota Wild are expected to have scouts at the Sabres Flyers game tonight in Buffalo, according to Lance Lozowski, who is a beat writer for the Buffalo News. So keep an eye out there for uh, any potential things. He doesn't think it's going to be much to, to consider, but it's pointing out there for scouting purposes. Scouting purposes, just because it's April 12th, the deadline, you're just going to see more scouts at games. Yeah. True. But with that, I was going to say, let's make quick predictions. We've got 11 minutes till puck drop. We haven't done it in God knows how long. Um, I'm going to get it out there right away. 2 nothing Flyers. Um, I think that Carson Twardski is going to get on the board. Um, <laughs> what was that? I'll explain off podcast. <laughs> Anyway, Carson Torinsky and uh, Selkie winner Sean Katoria with it with the second goal. Two nothing Flyers win. Who gets another goal? Um, Cat, uh, Captain, for, uh, Doctor. Not yet. Sorry, I'm not not yet. He will probably once Drew uh, retires. But I was going to say we that's a conversation we we'll have to have for another time. Um, but. I'm going to say 3-2 Flyers win just because it's Flyers. It's going to be annoying. It's going to be a headache. So, of course, it's going to be 3-2 Flyers win. Um, I think it's going to be another game where the veterans show up. So, I'm going to say Drew and Vorchek score. And, you know what? Yep. Raffle gets the game winner. Raffle Copter. Um, Reinhardt and... Reinhardt's a good option. He's been a pain in the Flyers' uh, thorn in the backside. Let's see. Reinhardt and Olafson will score for Buffalo. And 
Who else? Victor Olofsson. Ooh, that's a good option. Mm-hmm. Those are my goal, too, for them. Also, you know, you know, the chances never go for Buffalo one their best players. Yeah. True. Sorry, Buffalo fans. This is just what you kind of have to deal with, which unfortunately means right. your playoff drought is going to be even longer. Ooh. That being said, we with will catch note, you on the next one. We'll catch you on the uh, we'll catch you on the flippity flip. And starting Mondays, it seems like is yep. our new time and schedule for mm-hmm. the Underachievers podcast because yes, Brian because, has to indulge. Yeah, because some of us, not naming names here, but you know, Brian. Yeah, is busy on Tuesdays. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, we'll see you next week. What a plan. <laughs>